Welcome to GW Integrative Medicine, the podcast about disease prevention and health promotion from the Office of Integrative Medicine and Health at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. I'm Dr. Lee Frame, Director of the Integrative Medicine Programs here at GW. And I'm Janet Rodriguez, the Office's Administrative Director. Today on the pod, we have Anthony Fadette, PhD, a senior research scientist with the French National Institute for Agricultural Research and the author of Stop Ultra-Processed Foods, Let's Eat True. Dr. Fredette is a leader in preventative nutrition, a science that includes both physiological, behavioral, technological, environmental, economic, social, cultural, and religious dimensions. Preventative nutrition research is a branch of nutrition that consists of producing data to define the best way to nourish oneself in order to live as long as possible in good health, also known as health span. Since 2010, his work has mainly consisted of analyses of food data using an inductive and holistic approach. Welcome to GW Integrative Medicine, Anthony. Thank you for your invitation. We are really glad to have you. Um, and this is a topic that is very close to my own heart. Um, I talk quite a bit about the food matrix and food processing, and we would love to hear from you your take on, one, the importance of the food matrix, and then two, how food processing disrupts that um, and is affecting our health span. Yes. Um, let's uh, be uh, empirical first. Uh, there is a, a main question to ask uh, why we have tooth and uh, digestive tract. Uh, if we have tooth and uh, digestive tract, this is first to unstructure the food matrices. So uh, food matrices uh, is the result of uh, nutrient interaction. And there is uh, many, many kind of interaction between nutrients. So this gives the food matrix, for example, an, uh, an apple is a solid matrix, an apple puree is a semi-solid or viscous matrix, and apple juice is a liquid matrix. So the only fact of uh, having a digestive process is the first empirical proof of the very importance of food matrix. Um, I have a lot of to say about uh, this first question. Uh, first, I would like to recall um, and to define what is food health potential. Uh, this is a, a work that uh, we published uh, four years ago in the journal Advances in Nutrition. So food health potential today has been mainly described uh, as the sum of the health effect of nutrients, but taken separately what we call uh, the reductionist approach. Um, this is not sufficient, largely not sufficient. So we have added to, the, to this food health potential a more uh, holistic perspective by adding the food matrix. If, nutrient, uh, if the nutrient fraction, which is a reductionist and quantitative fraction, is useful, for example, to define nutritional need, to define the food composition, uh, to prevent from deficiencies, etc., etc. The food matrix play also a very important role on human physiology, metabolism, and health on the long term. Food matrix play a role in showing satiety and the regulation of food intake. Food matrix play a role on uh, the speed of digestive transit, on nutrient bioavailability, glycemic index, protein anabolism, lipid metabolism, and the, uh, the secretion of hormone. And finally, a very important role on the synergy of action of nutrients. 
say it differently, an antioxidant is protective, but in synergy with other antioxidants of the food, which can be different molecules. And if you isolate this antioxidant and put it in amount in a new artificialized or ultra-processed matrix, this is absolutely not the same effect for health. So two months ago, we published, for, according to us, an important paper where we demonstrate, based on scientific evidence, that food matrix govern the health potential of nutrient. So food matrix govern and nutrient obey. So there is no negative and positive nutrient, but there is only good and bad food matrices. And the quality of the food matrices mainly depend on a degree of processing, but we can come back to this point later. So we developed the proof of concept that chronic diseases worldwide are first due to the, to, the, to the excessive degradation and artificialization of food matrices, not on food composition, not on nutrient content. So we have to change paradigm. We were used to define the healthy food as a nutrient, as a balance, sorry, as a nutri nutritionally balanced food. But this is false. This is scientifically erroneous because no food are nutritionally balanced except breast milk. Hence, the recommendation to eat varied. We eat varied on a week because all food are nutritionally unbalanced. So what is a healthy food based on the most recent and modern science? we can define a healthy food as the less processed one to have the best matrix quality, to be both edible, safe, and tasty. So we have to change paradigm of the definition of the food health potential if you want to make a good prevention. So matrix quality is the key paradigm for global health, human health, and environment. Um, the consequences of this new definition of food health potential are very important. First, nutrients are not interchangeable from one matrix to another. So one gram of fructose is, uh, from a soda is not the same than one gram of fructose from a fruit, a complex fruit. So what, what matters? Uh, what matters is the environmental matrix of the nutrient, the quality of the, of the calorie, the quality of the nutrient. And if we have a good matrix quality, nutrients are regulated, have a good digestive fat, and their metabolism is, uh, is uh, good for human health. If we have an, a degraded food matrix, artificialized food matrix, such as in ultra-processed food, the same nutrient may become unhealthy on the long term for human health. So we should not focus on nutrients for preventive nutrition or preventive diet, but we should focus on food matrix quality and degree of processing. This leads me to the role of food processing on the food matrix. Uh, I think we have to recall that traditionally, we humanity uh, was used to to use uh, four traditional food processes, uh, thermal processes, mechanical processes, fermentative processes, and the addition of culinary ingredients, salt, 
sugar or fat to preserve food uh, on a long term, but at small scale. And after the Second World War, we, we can see the era of food cracking or food unstructuration through ultra processing. This is similar to petroleum. So we unstructure the food matrix up to the nutrient, up to isolated, the elementary units of food. So food unstructuration to the extreme lead to ultra-processed food, hence the word ultra, because the food matrix is completely degraded and unstructured. So what, what matter is not processing as such. This is a degree of processing. So the question we ask ourselves as scientists is which degree of food processing is compatible with global health, human and environmental health. So this is the word degree which matters. Before the advent of ultra processing, there was no epidemic of uh, obesity, type 2 diabetic or hepatic steatosis with traditional food processes such as thermal mechanical fermentative processes. There was no epidemic of chronic disease. So the explosion of the prevalence of chronic disease is fully parallel with the advent of ultra-processing in the 60s, 70s, and in the 80s in Western country, and now in developing and emerging country. So what are these markers of ultra-processing? There are four markers of ultra-processing. A cosmetic additive to modify, exacerbate, or hide a test color and texture. So this is coloring agent, texturizing agent, and coloring agent, or test modifier. These this cosmetic additives are around 80% uh, of all additives at European level. So antioxidant and preservative are not a marker of ultra-processing uh, stricto sensu. The second um, type of marker of ultra-processing are aroma, synthetic, and natural aroma and aroma extract. This modify uh, the aroma of the food. Uh, generally, we use aroma to exacerbate um, aroma of the food. This is very profitable. The third type of uh, marker of ultra-processing is um, what I have called uh, ultra-processed macronutrient, ultra-processed lipid, protein, carbohydrate, and fiber. We can find many, many of these marker of ultra-processing. Um, this is protein and fiber isolate, protein hydrolysate. This is hydrogenated oil, refined oil, invert sugar, polydextrose, maltodextrin, glucose fructose syrup, glucose syrup, barley, um, malt extract, uh, maltodextrin, starch, etc., etc. So this can, this can contribute to hidden sugar in ready-to-eat, for example, uh, meal. And the last type of marker of ultra-processing are excessive or drastic technological processes directly applied to the food matrix. We know very well puffing and extrusion cooking. So what is the common point of all these markers of ultra-processing? The three first one 
you can find them on the packaging. The, the main common point is that we have isolated, purified, or synthetic compound with no more matrix. And the first type, which are drastic processes, um, their particularity um, is to explode the food matrix. So the paradigm that sustains ultra-processing is degradation and artificialization of food matrices. And scientific evidence up today clearly show in more than 80 epidemiological studies comparing high consumer versus low consumer of ultra-processed food that this food are associated with many uh, with increased and significant risk of chronic disease, cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, obesity, adiposity, hypertension, total cancer, depression, and early mortality. So we have a first answer to the question, what is the degree of processing which is not compatible with global health? This is ultra-processing because it's written human health, but also uh, food system sustainability because uh, ultra-processed food are not associated with sustainable food system. So now to conclude to this first question, once we have separate, separate uh, ultra-processed food from uh, non-ultra-processed food in real food, we can also apply uh, three uh, rules. We have to favor solid versus liquid form we have to favor all grain starchy food versus refined starchy food. And we have to be cautious with the addition of free salt, sugar, and or fat. So all these rules are linked to the food matrix. Because when we add free sugar and fat, the word free means with no matrix. And solid versus liquid form, this is always a matrix effect and all grain versus refined starchy food is also the matrix effect. So I will conclude by saying that food matrix is a key concept for preventing from chronic disease, but also uh, for uh, global health, including uh, food system sustainability. That was very helpful. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that I'm I'm glad that you mentioned actually is is global health because there are a lot of camps that think that all food processing is bad. And I think global health really puts in perspective that that is not the case because some food processing can increase nutrition and food availability. But the key is really that what you're pointing out, the ultra processed food where the food matrix has been stripped back. And I, th I think one of the problems people have with ultra processed food is defining it is not always easy. So your definition is extremely helpful. And just thinking of that, stripping the food matrix out allows one to really visualize a ultra processed food versus something you can make in your kitchen or even something that, you know, you're still purchasing, but has only been minimally processed. Mm. So now that we know what a food matrix is, and we've talked about food processing, and we understand that the old reductionist approach doesn't really work, how do we move away from that? How do we get away from the reductionist approach to understanding the food matrix and food processing in nutrition science? Yeah, this is, um, for me, a very important question. This is, uh, this is the, the basis of my work since uh, 10 years, because uh, 
I begin to work on the reductionist and holistic approach of uh, food and nutrition science in 2011. Because uh, my question uh, was as follows. Uh, I didn't understand why prevalence of chronic disease explode worldwide while we know very much about uh, nutrition science. We have uh, a huge knowledge in nutrition science. And I discover through the reading of two books, uh, Nutritionism by Georgis Krinis and All by Colin Campbell, that the fundamental uh, issue of our uh, failure to prevent chronic disease was the, the ultra-reductionist approach or nutritionism or the nutri-centered approach. In other words, uh, we tried to characterize to characterize the diet-human health relationship only by the view of nutrients. But it is an erroneous view, and according to this reductionist and nutri-centered approach, we, we tend to summarize the food health potential to the sum of the health potential of each nutrient, but taken separately. But uh, this is not true because in life science, in all life science, one plus one is never equal to two. One plus one is either above two, this is synergy, or below two, this is antagonism. But this is never equal to two. This is the basis of the holistic approach uh, because in the holistic approach, uh, the interconnectedness of all parts of a system is uh, recognized. Uh, all is interdependent, and this interdependency is very important. So when we, we talk about the food matrix, it is a holistic view of food. We recognize that the food health potential is first due to the link between the nutrient before the nutrient themselves. Nutrients themselves are, are, uh, have, no, uh, have no real interest if we do not take into consideration the nature of the link which interact between each nutrient. We are used to say that uh, interaction of links are health, links are resilience, links are life. So this is the same in the food health potential uh, the link between nutrients is fundamental. And in ultra-processed food, we have completely forgotten that first, uh, the link between nutrients is the most important for human health. So we have unstructured food matrices and create fake food or artificialized food. So all complex systems in nature are uh, composed of parts which are linked together. So the reductionist view is interested in studying isolated parts separately, and the holistic view is interested in studying the whole complex system and the link between the parts of a system. So this is my approach as scientist. So once I have discovered this, I have made an important uh, transitivity relationship between nutritionism or ultra-reductionism ultra-processed food and chronic disease. So I conclude that this extreme reductionism, uh, disconnected from reality, have contributed to chronic disease. So we cannot use the same way of thinking to prevent 
chronic disease than, than the way of thinking that, that has contributed to create chronic disease. Yet, we are doing this uh, through composition score. We use ultra-reductionism ultra in composition score to prevent from chronic disease. This is a fundamental error, and not only it, uh, composition score will not prevent chronic disease, but probably will worsen the situation, because this is the two sides of the same coin. Composition score and, uh, and ultra-processed food are both based on ultra-reductionism. So for me, the solution was to come back to the uh, first and essential nature of nutrition, holism. Because uh, if you want uh, diet science, food science, nutrition, are first holistic science by essence. So I try to come back to holism and to, to see uh, the consequences of applying holism or the holistic approach in all the, the agri-agro-food chain, food science and nutrition. At the level of the food, this, lead, this uh, led me to consider that this is food matrix which is linked to health, not nutrient. At the level of uh, diet, complex diet, this led us to conceptualize uh, the 3V rule. In French, this means vrai, végétal, varié. In English, this means real food, vegetable food or plant-based food, and varied food. For us, this is a very important rule because we observe, uh, according to an empirical and inductive approach, that the diet, human health or global health, relationship is governed by three dimensions. The first one, which was the missing link and the most important of all dimensions, is a degree of processing, uh, in other words, uh, real, the real rule, real food. The most important because uh, it corresponds to the matrix effect. Then there is a second dimension, which is the plant-animal ratio, which that we call vegetal. And the third one is the varied rule, which means food diversity. But while uh, the varied and vegetal rules apply at the level of the week for a complex diet, because the equilibrium in nutrient is at the level of a week, not, a, not of a food, the first rule, the real rule for real food, apply at the level of the food and is the most important. This means that it is not only sufficient to tell people to revegetate their plate. If they revegetate their plate with ultra-processed plant-based food, this is no good for global health, human and environmental health. So degree of processing matter and is the, mo the most important dimension of the 3V rule. And then we try to apply the holistic perspective to food scoring. So as you guess, uh, we are against composition score. We think this is not a good tool for public health. So for us, the NOVA classification, which give uh, the concept of ultra-processed food by Carlos Montero in 29, is a holistic classification with a 
for technological, technological group, but with no quantitative indicator. This is qualitative description of food. Nova is very holistic. Composition scores are very reductionist. So we wanted to develop an inter intermediate tool combining both holistic and reductionist approach. Uh, French scholar Edgar Morin uh, used to say that the real complex thinking is a combination, a balance between holism and reductionism. So with the SIGA score, which is now on a smartphone, uh, which is now developed as a smartphone application, combine NOVA classification, holistic group, with additional and validated scientific uh, rules, which is the matrix effect, the addition of free sugar, fat, and salt, and the number of marker of ultra processing, which lead us to uh, seven technological groups. And to conclude on this question, question I, I like to say that this 3D rule can be found in the agri-food chain. The producer, uh, breeder, uh, farmer, is a supplier of nutrients for population. This is the first rule of a producer, to supply nutrients to population. But if um, in the middle of the chain, the food industry produce fake food, ultra-processed food, these nutrients supplied by the, by the producer may, may not be, maybe not healthful for uh, the consumer. So the transformator in the middle of the chain is very important because it addresses the real rule. So it is important that now food industry take care of food matrix and develop less processed food with better matrix quality. Because you can also address all your nutritional needs, but you can become chroni uh, chronically ill. It is largely insufficient to address all your, all your nutritional needs. You can prevent deficiency, yes, but not chronic disease, because if I, I give you all the, the ultra-processed food enriched with micronutrients, trace elements, antioxidants, minerals, vitamins, Yes, you will fulfill your nutritional need, but I guess on the long term, you become diabetic or obese. So this is uh, this underlies the importance of the 3D rule and the first one, the real rule for uh, real food, uh, which means uh, not ultra processed. Dr. Fide, do you have any resources for health professionals and healthcare consumers who wish to learn more about the food matrix? Yes, um, this is my research topic uh, since the beginning, since uh, I, I began to make research uh, 24 years ago. So my, my PhD was on the food matrix effect of ASTA. So um, uh, I have a lot of paper about food matrix. First, I can, uh, I can encourage people to, to have a look at my personal blog on internet in which is mainly in French, but there is also some uh, English uh, materials and translation. Uh, I have published in French a collaborative scientific book about the food matrix effect and nutritional effect 
with 50 uh, researchers from my from my institute, but this is in France. In French, um, I have a lot of paper in peer-reviewed uh, journals about uh, the food matrix effect, and our last one was published in January. And in this paper, which is very important for us, we demonstrated based on uh, uh, based on an empirical inductive approach that uh, chronic diseases are first due to the degradation and artificialization of food matrices. And finally, I have written, but in French, sorry, uh, two popularizing <laughs> uh, books, one in 2017 and another in 2021. Uh, in these two books, I, um, I have um, summarized, I have popular, popularized uh, my works about food matrix, holistic approach, reductionist approach, NOVA classification, SIGA classification, the 3D rule. And I try to explain how we have reached such a level of confusion in the large public. And uh, I, think, uh, I think this is already a lot. <laughs> well, uh, thank goodness for Google Translate, because uh, those of us who are um, not French speakers can just use that when we're um, looking yeah. at your website. Yes, but uh, on my blog, I have a lot of uh, English interview about food matrix and uh, ultra-processed food that you can uh, listen to. And um, there is a scientific peer review paper about the food matrix effect by me, but also by other researchers worldwide, because I am not the only researcher to work on food matrix. So there is uh, today um, a huge uh, scientific evidence and a uh, lot of paper about uh, food matrix, dairy food matrix effect, uh, cereal food matrix effect, uh, fruit uh, food matrix effect, etc., etc. Well, that all sounds like great resources. And um, what else should we keep our eyes peeled for? What what is coming down the pipeline in terms of research that we should be anticipating? About food matrix or degree of processing? Um, or both. Or both. Um, hmm. It's a very difficult question because, um, generally speaking, we can always continue research about uh, in mm -hmm. food and nutrition science. This is true. But I, I would like to say that uh, when we come back to, to a holistic approach, things are going um, to become very clear, simple, and uh, for, for example, um, th this uh, empirical inductive and holistic approach uh, lead us to, to find uh, the relation between food matrix and chronic disease, the 3D rule, uh, to um, develop a new food scoring. I think uh, we need more research about uh, the association between ultra-processed food and global health, especially um, environment. Um, we need uh, to know uh, what is the hidden cost and environmental cost of ultra-processing worldwide. I think it is very important. So today I am coordinating a, a research project in my institute about uh, food processing and global health and sustainability. Because this is a kind of black box, we do not uh, know so much about the role of uh, food industry in sustainability. We, we focus too much on the producer or consumer, 
but we have forgotten uh, the actor which is in the middle of the agri-food chain, in other words, uh, agro-food industry. So I think there is a lot of research to study how food processing, notably ultra-processing, impact uh, all the dimension of food system, including environment, greenhouse gas emission, animal well-being. For human health, we need more epidemiological study for other chronic diseases, which has not been so much study. So for me, um, the, the, the degree of food processing is clearly an emerging science, which uh, deserves to be uh, studied largely much more, according to me. This is the most important, and probably uh, we should not lead so, so many studies about nutrients, isolated nutrients, which are studied in very controlled conditions, but which are very far from the real life and from living condition. So we need, clearly, we need more holistic approach, more transversal approach, more interdisciplinary approach of food science and nutrition. Well, I couldn't agree with that more, and it's definitely an area we will be sure to be aware of as it, it comes to fruition. It's not going to be easy research, but we certainly do need no, it. No, because we are not used uh, of the holistic approach. The, the holistic approach is coming mainly from, uh, uh, how do we say, Eastern country. And uh, the reductionist approach is more, is more from... Um, uh, Western country. So we, we need to combine both approach and each one uh, will regenerate the other. Holistic approach can regenerate the reductionist approach and vice versa. So we need to, to combine both approaches, but always in the good way, from holism to reductionism, from the global to the specific. And I think a researcher need to, to, um, to leave their silo they're thinking in silo to, to collaborate with other researchers. Because uh, I, I repeat myself, but life sciences in general are holistic sciences. The reductionist, reductionist approach is good. Uh, she has uh, supply very important data, and, and we have to continue. But we have to continue in combination with holistic approach. Because if there is no holistic approach, and when reductionism is alone, at the moment, it, it disconnect from uh, the holistic perspective. It disconnect from reality, given virtual food, fake food, or food composition score, which are not adapt to the reality of what we eat. So there is a risk when there is no more holistic approach, is that reductionism turns around itself only for, uh, for profit, benefit, and for uh, academic career, but not to the benefit of society. Well, that seems like a great place to end off that conversation. Uh, it's all the time we have for today. But thank you so much for joining us, Anthony. Thank you for your threats. It was a, a real pleasure. This is the GW Integrative Medicine Podcast from the GW Office of Integrative Medicine and Health. I'm Dr. Lee Frame. And I'm Janet Rodriguez. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. The Office of Integrative Medicine and Health produces the GW Integrative Medicine podcast with funds from your donations. Your generosity allows us to raise awareness of the benefits of integrating whole person care, including evidence-based complementary therapies, into healthcare broadly. Help us continue to grow the podcast by making a tax-deductible donation on our website 
smhs.gwu.edu slash OIMH. Click the Give Now button on the left. While you're there, sign up for our free monthly newsletter for even more evidence-based content, including free webinars.